eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. We do a podcast on a beautiful Monday. Nice warm weather week. Nice spirited show this morning. And well, here we goes. Al, what's up? Oh, hi, Jerry. I received a, a lovely gift in the mail really? from a, a gentleman who said he was listening last Wednesday when I mentioned how much I love vanilla candles. Yeah. You got a vanilla candle? I did. He says uh, he recently started a hand-poured candle and soap shop on Etsy. Nice. He just retired. Why didn't I get one? Uh, I don't know. I guess you didn't say how much you loved the smell. Who doesn't love that? It's uh, The name of the Etsy shop is... Buttercup and Bob. Buttercup is his cat. All right. So Bob and his cat have a Etsy shop. And uh, his wife, uh, Lor- his tolerant wife, Lorraine. Please accept this candle as a gift to you for all the smiles you have given me over the air. Very nice. The scent is snickerdoodle cookie and it's heavy on the vanilla. I hope you enjoy it. I do, I do enjoy it, Bob. I'm going to put it in my bathroom. I think the smell of vanilla mixed with my poop smell is really works. <laughs> That's really what we're asking candles. What am I going to say about that? That's really what we're asking candles to do. That's not true. We, Kim has the candles in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, that's true. She burns the candle every day. She's yeah. got a, a different one going. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah. I, I always thought that about like Lysol spray. Yeah. Like we would sp- spray that in our bathroom after you would go poop when we were growing up. But it smelled terrible. Well, that's why... It's like a mix between poop and Lysol. She gets Febreze, which drives me nuts because it's got the worst trigger I've ever seen and how many of those bottles end up being crap. And so I like... What's the other one we get? Mm, Airwick? Airwick? That's the one. That's that's the one I like. What scent do you go for? Doesn't matter. It works. I like the red bottle, the cranberry. It works and it gives you a nice thick spray. Yes. Yes. Right. When you hear it go like this... The Febreze one, it's like I feel you're drizzling out the spray. Yeah. <laughs> like little, I could shoot someone with right. it. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, you got to get this. No, I don't have to get the Febreze. I like right. Airwick. You're a big Airwick guy. The Febreze stuff smells good, but the handle, they have not perfected the handle. I Sorry. like Glade as well. Glade's Glade good. does a nice yes. job. Glade is good. I agree. Well, and I think Glade like, candles are good too. Yeah. Yeah. I love a Glade candle. 
I used to I used to love working that part of the supermarket, that aisle. The candle aisle. When I would get that aisle, I knew it was going to smell good. Yeah, I love a good Yankee candle. Yep. Or or I really like Jerry a good Buttercup and Bob candle. I'm sure you do now. Delicious. You whore. <laughs> Very delicious. Delicious. I checked out his Etsy shop today. Want to see how his reviews were going? How are they going? Good reviews. Good reviews. He's got solid reviews. Tomorrow the morning show will be brought the warm-up show will be brought to you by Buttercup and Bob and Al will get the reads. Uh, Buttercup, uh, it says here, Buttercup and Bob. Read it the right way, please. <laughs> yes, uh, Buttercup and please stick to the script. Buttercup <laughs> and Bob is demanding that. That's right. Um, I saw an interesting uh, documentary you might be interested in. This is the unique way they did it, too. It was on HBO. It's called The Last Cruise. It's only 40 minutes long, and it's about this a cruise ship that was docked in Hong Kong. With the coronavirus? coronavirus hit. And it's shot through people who documented it. On their phones? On their phones. And then they talk to those couples who did that, uh, like now, for the, sure. for the documentary. Now, is this the people that got stuck on the cruise ship, or they were just yeah. the last one? No, they, were, they got stuck on the cruise ship. For how long? Oh, a month, I think. Was it that long? Yeah. So what happened was, yeah, it was like, it was just, you know, they talked about how they were getting word of this coronavirus and it was really not a big deal and no one even really knew what that even meant. Right, sure. Everyone on the boat was fine. Then they decided to test everybody. Then two people came up positive. They're like, oh, let's move these two people to the side. And and then all of a sudden how then the, the, the government there in Japan just decided that... uh they had to be quarantined on the boat because now there were people getting it on the sure, boat and didn't sure. want them going out into Japan. But then those it just ran like wildfire through the... Uh, did people die in the... They and, did. They did, huh? That cruise lost 14 people. Wow. Yeah. So it's a really interesting documentary. Hmm. Uh, it's I would be the interested last in watching that. Yeah. As depressing as that sounds. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, it was just... It was odd. It, it was strangely... 40 it minutes. It was only forty minutes. Yeah, is that because they didn't have the footage? That seems really short. I, don't know, I thought they did. I thought it was like they, they didn't waste our time by tacking on. Okay. Useless stuff. Yeah. All right. So that was pretty good. So I watched that. Uh, I sent you a photo yesterday of the banana situation in the stop and shop that I go to. I mean, I've seen green bananas before. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. These looked like limes. That's how green they were. Yeah, it's awful. I don't, I don't have this problem. Dearborn Farms and Homedale, yeah. they've got green ones for sure. But, boy, they got a healthy batch of ripe yellow bananas ready to eat as soon as you get in the car. And, of course, Twitter being Twitter. It's so simple. Just wait three days and they'll be fine. Well, I don't want to wait it, three days. I want the banana today. Right. I go shopping on Sunday for... For Monday. For Monday. So, guess what? I wanted a banana this morning. Couldn't have one, could you? No. Because even I did find like there was one batch of somewhat ripe bananas, that so I bought some of those as well, and it, it tasted like a green banana. It just it's. I got to start buying you bananas. Yeah, start I feel me up for you. Bananas. I don't have this issue. I don't know if it's the like if I went on a Tuesday, do they have better bananas? I don't know. Maybe I know I you're very busy to... though during the week. You gonna be able to find a half uh, hour to go to the store? I don't have time to do that, Jerry. <laughs> But, like, is, yeah, is, is the banana selection, am I happy? I'll tell you this. Anytime I go to the supermarket, they're putting bananas out. Anytime I go. I was going to say, maybe you're getting the batch that comes on uh, the Saturday overnight into Sunday morning. I don't know. 
It seems odd, though, for me that every week it's like that. There's always someone putting out bananas. and this, But this happened in the uh, place where I used to go. In, it was a stop and shop in uh, Aberdeen, Matawan. Matawan. Yeah. Yep. It was the same thing. I guess it's their supplier. I'd go in there, and they'd be putting bananas. Any time I went in there, that someone was putting bananas out. Is there anything worse than buying fruit or vegetables that's not ripe when you expect yes. it to be? It sucks. Yeah, it does. And I've been picking out these uh, red delicious apples as well. Oh, and then when you don't get a good ripe one, yeah, they, that sucks. I always think the darker the apple, the better it is. Mm, I don't think so. They say the darker the fruit, the sweeter the juice. Okay. Sounds good. I've been on a tangerine kick. Tangerines? Yeah. There are those the mini ones yeah. or are they regular size? Seedless. Seedless? Yeah, awesome. But I've probably had, I've probably had two of those a day. It's got to be going on four or five weeks now. Is that right? Yeah. That is right. Are they in season right now? I don't know. Are they? Do they always taste like they're in they season? They taste awesome. They yeah, do. they're great. How many you eat at a time? Two? They're still small. I have. So the way I do it is at work. This is how I space out my eating. All right. Oh, you have an eating schedule as well? I Ooh, do. Let's hear it. Yeah. At work, I have whatever meal I bring in. Okay. I have it seven. And like then, what, what might constitute a meal? Well, really, there's only been, I've really rotated just a few of them. It's either oatmeal mm-hmm. with Greek yogurt. It's either uh, my Jimmy Dean turkey egg white sandwich, which I do like, or which I've had a lot of turkey balls, turkey turkey, balls. turkey meatballs. Okay, so you Kim, make those yourself, or they? Uh, yeah, usually on Sunday you get them made. Okay, Kim will make like twelve or fourteen of them, so, so you, I got two a day for a week. So you'll have that on. Uh, you'll have that at seven. At seven, and then either at eight thirty or nine thirty tangerine, and then either nine thirty or ten thirty tangerine. I go home. Then I have a shake when I get home. That doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't, but because of the nature of what we're doing, it's just something that kind of gets me from point A to point B, and then I'm back in the studio, and then I come back out. It actually works out really well. It's satisfying? It is. The hardest part is waiting till 7. I'm not going to lie. The hardest part is waiting till 7 a.m. to eat when you get up at 2.30. Yeah. That is That sucks, hmm. but it's what it is. I have a two Stelladora cookies uh, with my coffee at well, 2. People must be really excited about this right now. 2.15. In the morning? Yeah. Then I have a banana when I get to work. Then I have a coffee also and a, another granola bar. Then at 7.20, I have my fiber one bar weight. with powdered peanut butter mixed on it. Then I have another coffee. And then I'll go home and I'll eat my sandwich. Coming up on the geriatric podcast. <laughs> this is going to be some description. Al and Jerry discuss their breakfast routine. <laughs> Boring. Boring. Yes. Uh, I did was curious. I don't know why. I guess I guess Bartman's name came up. Steve Bartman. I, I guess You it, brought it up. I brought it up. And it <laughs> came up again during the... Because bo- you brought it up. Are you sure? Yes, you brought um, it up both times with me and with uh, Boomer and Geo. It's amazing that in this uh, era of social media where everything is filmed and everything... Like, people really... You don't hear anything about Bartman. What do you want to hear about him? I want to see what he... I want, I want to he's know not what interested. He's I know, but... There's plenty of people not interested that gets filmed. How long ago that was? Yeah, but like he can just—he's—he's—he's he's, he's hiding. He's right. just living his life. He's off social. If you don't have a social media presence, yeah, how do you want to know about him? You want people stalking him? No, I don't. But I would like to know what's going on with him. I don't know why. Okay, and a couple of years ago, ESPN did a piece about him. Right, but they didn't get him. I need. This is what I want. He's not interested. 
this is what I would need, Jerry. He declined. Right. In order for me to move on. <laughs> for you. Okay. So let's get Steve Bartman on the line. Al Dukes is not happy that you haven't spoke. Would you please speak, sir? Can we get one interview with Steve Bartman? No. Like, I want to know. What has his life been like? I'll bet you you'll get one when he's like 60 years old. He'll probably yeah. do something like that. Yeah. I bet you. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up writing a book about that night, the following week. At some point, he'll cash in on this. Yeah, but he's got to hurry. Like, he would have. Th- everyone thought he was going to do it after the Cubs won the World Series. Sure. That would have But I sense. think that story never goes away. Yeah. And, I, and, and the fact that he has been so silent about it, when he does decide to do something, he'll do well. What about a Netflix documentary where he's the main person? Definitely could I work. Watch that. That would work, but it's going to be on his terms, and he's made that very clear. Sorry if that doesn't suit you. It doesn't suit me. You'll have to deal with that. I need a Bartman. In this story, you don't get what you want. Well, you we better do it before I pass away. Uh, well, hopefully, you got forty-eight more years. Or lose interest because if he does it when he's sixty, I might not be interested anymore. I'm you interested might not be. now. Of course, if we would had this conversation ten years ago, you might not have been interested. Hmm. No, I was still would have been interested, I think. You still might be in 10 years. You're right. You're right, because it'd be another 10 years that gone by. Like, what is this guy? I want to see pictures of him. What does he look like? Does he Does he ever wear Cubs gear? It is, and I've said this to you before, it is amazing the different mentalities and personalities, and I couldn't give an F, <laughs> like, honestly, about Steve Bartman. And you right now, in this moment in time, are obsessing about yeah. him. I Googled him before. I'm was, sure you did. I was reading articles about him, yeah. Wikipedia pages about him. Now, they did say that the 30 for 30 documentary, they did find him, and he declined, like he said. Yeah. Not interested. Not interested. <laughs> not interested. I don't think he knows that he's not interested. Like, I think he is interested. <laughs> he's not interested. He doesn't know it. <laughs> I think his life was ruined, and he just wants to live his life peacefully. Yeah. And when he needs money, he can write a book. <laughs> It's always that. Yeah. Would you rather do a book? Would you rather do like a 60 Minutes or 2020 piece? Well, you're not going to make any money in 60 Minutes. That's true. Or Netflix, Netflix, I think you'd be paid for your story, right? right. Yeah. Uh, and the book, clearly, you're going to get paid. And the book one is interesting. It's amazing to me how many people still like buy books. Yes, Although a lot of people buy them for their phones now. Right. But it always amazes me when I see the advances that people get. Now, do you have to give that back if you don't sell enough copies? I don't think so. So if I was him, I still think that's the route I go. You go book. I Probably, yeah. I think so. What would you call it? I have no idea because I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you want me to think about it and come back with a name tomorrow, I yeah. will think about it. Well, they already used Catching Hell for the documentary, the 30 for 30. A living hell? A living hell. I don't know. Trapped in hell? A lot of hell. <laughs> well, I don't know. You said catching hell, so it it brought me back. I'm not sure. So I found this interesting, Jerry. I um, <clears throat> Are you familiar with Patreon? No. It's a way uh, people who do things, uh, independent artists who do things online. They okay. create music. Some people do it with podcasts. Some people do it with video podcasts. Some right. people do it with websites. They set up a Patreon account, and then people can give them money for what they're doing. It's like a GoFundMe, it's in like a way. A, it's like a GoFundMe, but you provide content content for them. Okay. <clears throat> and 
so I, I asked on Twitter, have you ever contributed? Because uh, have you ever given to somebody's Patreon? Seems like a Wikipedia deal where they ask you for money to donate because it's a free service. Yeah, although some things like with Patreon, you might have a podcast. Like, let's say you and I did this podcast, right? Right. And then we set up a Patreon where we do an additional, we give additional content for people who pay into our Patreon. Okay. So, like, let's say uh, for that, like, every day I uh, uh, cook dinner with you. And that's a thing. <laughs> that's what you came up with? <laughs> Just off the top of my head. I understand. Okay. So that's what it is. All right. But like you're saying, like, there's so much free content. It's, I, I would ton. think it's, it's so hard to. So I asked a, a Twitter poll, and I said, have you ever contributed to somebody's Patreon? That was it. Simple yes or no. What percentage would you say on Twitter, my Twitter people, wrote back, yes, I have? Ah, uh, boy, I don't, I don't know about this. So I'm going to say 75, no, 25, yes. It was actually 15, yes. Okay. Which I thought was high because I started doing the math on it, uh, uh, seeing how people can make a living doing this. Mm -hmm. So if I took myself only, Jerry, I have 73,000 Twitter followers, mm -hmm. right? And I times that by 15%. Mm -hmm. So I am getting 15%. That leaves, whoops, hold on. Did the math wrong there. It's about 10,000 people. Yeah, you're right. It's about 10,000 times 0. 0.15 is 10,950. Okay, so 11,000 people. So 11,000 people. Now let's say I had a Patreon, Jerry, and I got 10% of those people, and and each person paid me $2. Yeah. Times two. It's $22,000 a month. $22,000 a month. Right. Now let's say, which is a hefty way to make a living. It's a great way to make a living. Absolutely. Now let's say 15% is a little aggressive, right, Jerry? Yes. And I only can get out of 73,000 people. All right, Jerry, 73,000 people. And I only get 5%. That's 3,650 people. Yep. But out of those people, Jerry, they're really big fans. And they're going to pay me $5 a Ooh, month. Oh, jeez. Wow. I'm just saying. $5 a month. That's $18,000 yeah. a month. So that's how people... So many times I'm like, how is this person making a living? Yeah. That's Numbers. how it is. It's not... You got to come up with something that's sustainable, too. Correct. And Because I've thought about trying to do something on the side with my my kids who are really into all the YouTube stuff. Yeah. And even my older son, you know, wanted to do something like fantasy baseball wise. He's like, could we do a YouTube channel? I'm like, we can. I said, there are different ways you can support it. I'm like, but it's hard. Like, yeah. you're going to get lost in a sea of nothingness. Right. And he said, well, you know, you have a Twitter follow. I'm like, yes, I do. And I would be happy to try and do that with you. I said, but first of all, uh, let's say it's 58,000 Twitter people. They're not all active, number no, one. Correct. Number two. They're what, not all real. They're not all real to not our fault at all. Right. So what is the real number that you're talking about? And what at what point is it worth your time? Correct. Like, what do you have to make to make it worth your time? You know, that's kind of the one thing with this cornhole league that I have, which we're restarting again outside coming up in a few weeks. It's like, I've done it for really no money for a couple of years, for the most part. And there are reasons why, which I don't need to get into now. But, you know, my wife's going to be like, why do you do this? Like, aren't you, at some point, don't you want to make something for your time? And I think we will this summer, finally. 
But it's the same thing with that. If you're going to pour all this effort and time into it to get people, we've always discussed getting people, it's nothing, $8 a month. But it's hard to get people to actually do that. Well, that's what they say, that the threshold is paying anything. Right. Right. So, but they have also said, oh, I've read up, up on these things. If you could get, like, to get somebody to, say, pay a dollar. Sure. Now they're taking out their credit card. They're signing up to pay right. a dollar. That's the hard part. It's not $1 to $4. Right. Because really, what's the difference? Well, Venmo helps in terms of, sir, I believe Venmo for business now is out there. Yeah. And I think you can sign up with certain things that way. And that has made it easier. Right. But I'm saying like mentally to get over the hump of paying sure. for a content, right? Yeah. So if you're willing to pay a dollar, you're probably willing to pay $4. Probably. But if you're not willing to pay $5, you're not willing to pay 50 cents. It's the, I'm not paying. I'm yeah. not adding another bill. Yeah, probably so. So that's the thing people always try to... But there's a guy on who was worked on the Howard Stern Show for many years. His name is Shuley. He's also a stand-up comedian. But he just went out on his own. He actually... I think I was telling you about this. He During the coronavirus, he had to work from home, which was in Queens. Right. And he finally was like, what am I doing here? This sucks here. Yeah. I'm going to go move to Alabama, which is where he, where he moved to. But he's doing a podcast which is free but then he also has a patreon page where he does additional love stuff but i i'd love to know maybe he'll tell me you know not publicly but yeah. privately how he is doing because it'd be very curious i've always said how that, that goes that that's something to always look into yeah trying to take what we're doing and add something to it on the side like why not try be fun yeah you gotta make it fun Right, you got to make it fun. It can't be, uh, what does it say, laborious? Laborious. Right. You it can't be a laborious it, situation. It's got to be something that's fun and interesting. Right. And as soon as we find out what that is, we're going to do it. As soon as we find something fun and interesting, we're in. Look out. Look out, people. <laughs> fun and interesting, that's us. Yeah. Well, so yeah, just yeah, something yeah. to think about. I'm just curious how people that do well or do all right on the sure. Patreon, how... You know, how they, I'm curious too, like how often do people drop off? Well, that's the other you thing. Know? How do you, again, I come back to the word sustainable. Yeah. You know, how do you keep people? And do you have enough content going forward that's going to be new and, and for lack of a better term, fresh and unique? Because, I mean, there's so much content out. You right. go to YouTube now, there's millions oh, it's and unbelievable. millions and millions. I mean, you just type in any word and something comes up. It's amazing. It's crazy. You want to watch a live concert? You can do that. You want to watch a concert from 1983? There's plenty there. You want to watch the Imus in the Morning Show, as I was watching a little bit this morning? It's there. It's it's I know. nuts. It really YouTube is incredible. Yeah, it is. You want to watch the uh, Rangers Devils from 1994? Go to YouTube right there. I mean, it's so. almost it's shocking when you can't find what you're looking. Agreed. for. Agreed. Like it's more surprising. Yeah, I or remember like. I, Booker did a funny thing one, and this is, God, this is when the internet first started. Uh, maybe it was when he was back here. I don't remember. But I remember him coming out of in between songs. He's like, you know, who's with me? I'm at, I'm at the browser, and I'm at www.lost. <laughs> I've got the world at my fingertips, and I can't come up with one interesting thing to type in. And he's right. right. Everything is right in front of you. Everything's there. And you just, you, you know, you, you go into mind block. You know, it's like, come on, work. Right. And you come up with the same thing with YouTube. You've got all the entertainment options right in front of you. Too many choices. 
Probably. Like a choices. diner. It's like a diner menu. What about this, Jerry? A Patreon where we tell people what to watch on YouTube. I mean, you know, you say that in a funny way. I don't think that's nuts. If you if we were the ones that sifted through the crap and had the to- a top 10 every week, absolutely. It's a great idea. Do not steal that idea if you're listening out here. I'll be pushing Mr. Beast and Fortnite videos, and you'll be pushing, you know. I watched a lot of UFO videos over the weekend. So I was going to say like murder that. mysteries and how to yeah. mask, you know, dog farts in the apartment. <laughs> yeah, I watched a lot of UFO stuff this weekend. Busy weekend, huh? Yes. A lot to, a lot to comb through, Jerry. I was, that's amazing. I don't think, I, I no joke, I don't think I watched five minutes of TV this weekend. Mm. I yeah. listened, I actually listened to an entire basketball game yesterday. I listened to the Nets and Suns with Carino and Capstraw as I was putting a floor down. Quite entertaining. They're very yeah. good. They told a great story. I will get out of here. They told a great story. At one point, Frank Kaminsky checked into the game for the Suns. And as Carino says, oh, Frank Kaminsky has checked in, you hear like a little giggle. And you're like, as the listener, I was like, what was that? I'm thinking, are they mocking him? And then Capstro goes, he goes, well, maybe uh, maybe we got this right this time. And then Carino goes on to tell the story that last time the Nets played the Suns in the pregame segment, keys to the game, the key was going to be Frank Kaminsky and how the Nets could keep him in check. He played one second. <laughs> keys to the game. Well, they must have uh, won if they, <laughs> he was the key player to keep down. That was pretty funny. So I enjoyed it. All right, Jerry, and you put in a floor, which is nice. I did, yes. What type of flooring? Like a pergo floor. Pergo? Nice. One of those uh, dealios. Hmm. Were you happy with your results? Yes and no. I still have some work to do. All right. But the floor went in pretty good. My measure, I don't know if, I don't know, the, the measuring was a little off in a couple of spots. Did you rent a saw or something? No, I have a jigsaw. Oh, you do? Yeah, so I did it with that. And it came out good, but I, I have a couple of fixes. I'll just say that. All right. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to have a floor to walk on. Exactly. So it'll be fine. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up show. And then we'll be back here. What do you say we we show back up here tomorrow morning, 5 o'clock on a Tuesday? I'm good for that. All right. So. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. No, it doesn't. It's 5.03. What do you say? It's the warm-up show brought to you by Carney Bank, your bank for today. For tomorrow, visit CarneyBank.com for details, along with the Eddie Scazzeri. His name is Albert Kevin Dukes. We call him KD around here. What is up, Al? Good morning, Jerry. I was just I was listening to the Amy Lawrence program as I was uh, prepping the big uh, warm-up show, and she's going old-school 1990s fabulous sports babe era sports talk tomorrow mock draft with the callers. There you go. I mean that is old school sports. That's radio. what the babe did. Sports babe. I think everyone did it in the 90s. You know, it was it, it, it kills a night for you or or a day depending on uh, where you are in the uh, in the program lineup. Um, yeah, but the 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 
mock draft with a with the random callers. Well, they like she wants like a caller from Jacksonville. Sure, to, to, you know, all it takes is one screwball to get through and be like, I'm going to take a lineman <laughs> instead of Trevor Lawrence, number yeah. one. And the whole thing whole is thing's shot. blown up. The whole thing's blown up. Doesn't make any sense. After you get past the first like four or five people, it, 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 it's chaos. You got to do your homework. What as a caller? Uh, yes, you do. Like you, you can't, know, we can't, can't trust the be, callers, Jerry. But you can't be with the first pick for the mock NFL draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars take John and Jacksonville. Who do you take? I'm taking Patrick Sertain. Right? No, you can. What? Though. That's what this is. So now, if you are Mike from East Babylon and right. you've got the second pick, who are you taking? Trevor Lawrence. Right. Thus, the whole thing's thrown <laughs> into the garbage. Pretty much. Very tough, Jerry. Uh, Solid baseball weekend for the locals. Two of each of them took two of three from their opponents. We had a tremendous Jacob Degrom. Uh, that was a Saturday, yeah? No, oh, uh, Friday. No, it was Friday night. Stroman was Saturday. He was terrible. He was awful. Terrible. Yes. So Degrom on Friday night was electric. Right from the first pitch, you could tell. Yeah. Complete game, awesome. Fifteen strikeouts, awesome. Couple of hits, RBI, awesome. They put a rake in his butt. He cleaned up the infield. Board. <laughs> Why not? While he was pitching, Jerry. So Friday night, I ha- I did have my reaction to my second vaccination shot. Uh, finally, it hit me. And I was so looking forward to the DeGrom start. I was watching it with my son. When I tell you I was in and out of consciousness for the five, in- I guess the first five innings. But every time I would kind of open my eyes and I would see him strike out another dude. But I think the first pitch of the game, if I remember correctly, was 100 miles an hour. Like, the first pitch. And he's those guys are just waving and flailing at him. And then, if I don't know. I'm not sure how much of it you watched. Of course, you thought it was Saturday, so probably none of it. Um, The the first inning was primarily fastballs. 100, 101, 99, 100, and no one could catch up to it. He comes out in the second inning, and he starts snapping off the sliders, and guys are just like, wait, it really was something to watch. I wish I was more <laughs> awake, but from what I saw, it was it was remarkable, and he was great. There were a lot of terrible swings that the Nationals put on some of you those You stand up there and try and do that. And they were just waving at ball. I like when the, the it clearly hits the catcher's mid, then they wave the bat at I it. know. Like, there was the, I forget who it was, the left-handed batter, where even um, – Keith, was it Keith? Yeah, I guess it was Gary Keith. I don't think it was, was Ron. I remember. Like I said, I was in and out of consciousness Friday night. They basically said, I think it was Hernandez who goes, uh, young man, you might want to swing a little sooner. <laughs> the ball's by you. Right. So he was he was incredible on Friday night. Start your swing when the windup starts. That's what I, that's what I used to have to do against <laughs> Get the fast pitchers. the leg kick going out. Yeah, against fast pitchers in a little league. That's what I had to do, Jerry. Yeah, I hear you. Then there was a, quite a battle uh, with the Yankees, uh, Garrett Cole. Shane Bieber. Yeah, tremendous. That was cool. That actually lived up to its billing of like two aces where both of them pitched right. really well. Now, who was the – I got to look at this. I meant to look at this before the show started. Who was the Indians pitcher yesterday? He was super thin McKenzie. and tall. Tall and light. Tristan McKenzie. He looked like Kent Colvey. Yeah, and he was good for the first few innings. And then in that fourth inning, the Yankees started to tag him. What's this guy's name, Jerry? Tristan McKenzie, I, gotta I believe Google was his this name. Guy. Tristan McKenzie? Yeah. You know what Tristan. he reminded me of? Just and I know this could sound weird. He reminded me McKenzie. of a cross between Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson. Yeah, he's a tall fella, Jerry. Yes. Let me see. Let me get tall his height. Thin. Tall and six foot five. Okay. Six foot five. 165 pounds. I, I believe that. What? He was tall and lanky. Let and that see. arm whips. You know, yeah. and it was funny too because 
his first strikeout, it looked like he just, it looked like DeGrom. It looked like it was 100 miles an hour. And the radar guns like 91. Now like, I'm wow. looking up okay. Kenta Colby, Jerry. Who do you think is heavier? Kenta Colby was. So, I'll say Kenta Colby. You know what? They don't have they don't have Kenta Colby's uh, info on here because uh, he's you know he's seventy four now, so they don't have his height and weight. You can probably get his playing height and weight. Play, where do I if find you pick that? A, if you pick a season, all right. I guarantee you, you can probably pick his height and weight. Now I'm gonna play while you do that because it's gonna take you a second. Kenta Colby actually looks human now. He's got some meat on his bones. He's uh, an older gentleman now, so he actually looks like a man. Yes, I'm as opposed sure. to a th- a tall, thin. I'm still pick. gonna say this kid is is thinner, thinner than Kenta. I mean, he, mm-hmm. well, six five. He, mm-hmm. Kent Colby wasn't six five. He was seven foot four, five hundred twenty five pounds he from Grenoble, France. Kenta Colby. He was not. No, I don't think he was six five either. Though, forget seven foot four Grenoble, France, and all that crap in your face. Do you think this program talks more about Kenta Colby than any other program in the country? I don't think any other program in the country talks about Kenta Colby. <laughs> Oh, he was okay. I got his. I got his. Weight. I'm going to say six two. He was six foot four. Was he really? One eighty. This guy was like, and that's still thin, fat compared to this Indians pitcher from yes. Sunday, whose yeah, name already wild. escapes me. Did you hear? Now I'm going to play this. I don't. Want, I'm not. I am not making fun of him All by right. any stretch. We've had enough fun at John Sterling's expense over we sure the years. Have. This to me is why this is another example of why doing games remotely sucks. All and right, Jerry. sooner rather than later, I do believe that team, you know, Cruz will be traveling again. And thank God. Let's so, get some needles in him, Jerry, and send him to the ballpark. So this is Saturday. All right. You've got Rugnet Odor is up. Now, Odor homered on Friday. He did. Now, you've got John and Susan in a booth in New York doing a game that's going on in Cleveland. My guess is he looks down at a sheet of paper Looks up at the video monitor because that's the only way he can do the game. Odor homers, and John gets confused as to what day it is because he's not there. Correct. Pitches hit in the air to deep right center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Except that was last night, I think. No. It was tonight. Another home run for Odor. Now, I heard that on MLB Network. Because they played the whole thing. <laughs> and I didn't understand. I'm confused as well. What the hell was going on? So my guess is, and from a couple of people I've spoken to, it seem, it seems like John basically put his head down looking at his chart, looked up, saw the home run and called it, but then got confused that it was a replay from the night before as he's getting ready to hit. See, here, my theory is... And he caught himself. Odor homers... But John, when he looked down and looked back up, thought it was not out of the ballpark and caught. So he's covering himself, says, home run, door. Oh, that was last night. Like, this was an out. Either way, confusing. The whole thing is because he's not there. Yeah. Which blows my difficult. theory that I always thought prior to the pandemic that to save money, if I was a network Can't executive, I wouldn't send anyone to the ballpark. And that, well, what did I always tell you? You need to see the field. Yeah, see, I always just think, let me just see the monitors. We'll just call the games that way. You can do it. You cannot do it well. Seems just as good, Jerry. It is. Oh, yeah, that is awesome. Oh, this was last night. Nope, it's today. <laughs> my my bad. Come on now. Weird Yankee story came out last night or late afternoon that uh, Buster Olney says, Olney. Olney. Nothing story, Buster though. Olney. His name's Olney? Olney. Olney. O-L-N-E-Y. Buster right. Olney. 
because you never heard of him. <laughs> I know Buster Olney. <laughs> but I feel Just like kidding. saying only. Call him who you want. It doesn't matter. Buster only. This to me is a nothing story. Says that the Yankees flirted with trading Aaron Judge to the Angels. Big story. That's going to send shockwaves through baseball. Where was Aaron Judge this weekend? He's on the Yankees. Right. Who cares? But then as you dig deeper into the story, he's like, it was very minuscule. (laughs) It was like exploratory. Very exploratory. It's like the whole thing with the, who was the guy in the Jets that got pissed? Was it Jamal Adams? Was angry that the Jets took a call about him. Yes. Yes. If you're Aaron Judge, are you bothered by this? No. No. Do you think he knew about this? Probably not. You don't think like they reached out to Why his agent and said, "What are your thoughts of going to the California Angels?" No, uh, well, it's the Anaheim. It's the hmm. It's the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. That's confusing. So stupid. I still call them Anaheim, uh, and you still call them California. California apparently. Angels. <laughs> uh, no, I think the whole thing's stupid. I, I think I, these things happen probably on a semi-regular basis. I think there are discussions about almost everybody. I'll bet you the I'll bet you the Yankees fielded calls for Derek Jeter back in the day. Is once that in a while. right? Yeah, especially at the end. Well, if you don't clear. ask, doesn't mean you're going to do it or you're going to further it, right? So they had conversations with the Angels. You're right. right. It's like when Move John on. Lynch said that the 49ers asked about Tom Brady. Yes, that's fine. You're not doing your job if you don't. And plus, and that was before Tom Brady was leaving. Good point, he Al. Put the call when they were got Garoppolo. He, they first asked about Tom Brady. Good point, Al. Thank you. And if you don't ask, you don't get. Right. So you might as well try. You so. miss all of the shots you don't take. Now, I read the, I pulled an out. I only read the first few paragraphs of that. And then whatever, because it's a pointless story. But I will ask, were the Yankees at least getting Mike Trout back? Didn't say. Yeah. Exactly. They, there was no, they were not getting Mike Trout. I know. That's right, why so it's, who a, were they it's getting? a pointless a bunch story. Of nobodies. Exactly. From California Angels. Exactly. It means nothing. Of Anaheim. And Aaron Judge is still com. on the Yankees. We move on. Right. He's still got his judges' chambers, Jerry. Jerry, my favorite baseball story, though, of the weekend. Oh, we got more. I thought the DeGr- I really thought DeGrom on Friday would have been. My favorite baseball story? Yes. No. My favorite baseball story. Miguel Castro throwing an easy eighth inning yesterday? No. It's your favorite pitcher now. He is, oh, well, and, uh, and uh, Taiwan as well. Who I also like. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, he was good. I love this video that went around of Diamondbacks outfielder Cole Calhoun, who was running down a foul, a pop fly foul ball that got into the stands, and he probably was going to catch it. But a nerdy-looking, glasses-wearing child... Out stuck, looking in the mirror and seeing himself from 10 years ago. Stuck his glove up and caught it. <laughs> and for a very brief moment, Jerry... Cole Calhoun looked like he was going to be angry because he could have caught the foul ball. Now, the kid did not interfere. The kid did not go over into the field of play. It was a clear foul ball. For a brief moment, it looked like there was going to be some yelling. And then Cole Calhoun fist bumped the child, and everyone felt good about life. Felt good about that's a, that's it felt a good about life. That is a stretch. I tweeted out the video when I saw it on Saturday morning, and people, Jerry appreciated the good news to start their morning. Look at that. Because normally, what do we see? Bad news. And a lot of it. What was this? Good news. If only Cole Calhoun was the outfielder with that poor Bartman fella in Chicago, that would have just been a fist Stakes a little different, Al. Stakes a little different. Uh, and Bartman kind of reached over a little bit. We could have just this seen This kid a, was just sitting in the stands. We could have just seen a fist bump between 
Cole Calhoun and Bartman, and there'd be no problems. Yeah, a little different. little different. Right, and I appreciated that Cole Calhoun was like, I'm on the Diamondbacks. Are they any good, Jerry? Um, well, they swept two from the Braves yesterday. Only gave up one hit in two games. So that's pretty good. That is pretty good. But, you know, it's game. It's one game out of 162. The kid looked thrilled yes. that he caught the ball. And he wasn't doing anything wrong. Just didn't do anything seat. wrong. Got the fist bump. And the kid said he was blowing up on TikTok. You surprised me with the things that you, you enjoy so much. That really touched me. Wow. Touch me. I saw you post it, and yeah. I actually watched it three tri- three times, trying to figure out what the hell was so. Two things that nice. got me, two things that got me over the weekend on on Twitter. A few right. times that I, I looked into it. Your retweet of the video of the player acting like a human being and not a Neanderthal, right? But like we're he used acted to the way he was supposed to. Yes, except I do think if the kid reached over the fence, it would have been different. Okay. He wasn't in the field of play; it was a foul ball. All right. I'm not even sure he would have caught it anyway. Me neither. He was a little to off. To be honest, right. He's a hair off. I totally agree. And you really seem like you were moved by it. I was. you got to find a hobby. Um, and then the other one was, I got people tweeting me, we have to play the Spanish call of the Albert Almora catch. Why? Now, here's a, here's a serious question to you. So I wrote back to you, what's so special about it? Right. It's a guy, like when Gary Cohen calls that, or Howie Rose, or Wayne Rendaz, whoever, you're going to hear the crack of the bat. Their voice is going to get elevated. Wow, what a catch by Albert Almora Jr. Is it because we don't understand the language? Yes. But what is so great about the I, call? I, I never understood that. Nothing. Playing the Nothing. foreign language calls. Are we mocking them? Is mocking them. It is. I actually wondered that last night. I, it is. Because there's no other reason to play it. We don't know what they're saying. No, we have no idea what they're saying. And why wouldn't... The foreign language broadcasters get as excited. They should as the broadcasters here in America. I agree. I don't know why that got me last night. Like, why do I have to play this? I never knew who Albert Amora was until he caught that ball yesterday. <laughs> well, it was a tremendous catch. It was a very good catch. Yeah, no he qu- saved a couple. Not runs. as good as Clint Frazier's catch. Correct. That was that was a great. catch I mean, as he well. was airborne. Yeah. Now, I know they were losing the game. It didn't matter, but still, it was a hell of a catch. All right, we're just getting started. Five nineteen. It's the warm up show until six o'clock. Al's got something to say, but we continue after this on the fan. I am coming up on my one year anniversary in my Bradley Beach condo, and I couldn't be happier with my purchase. If anyone is looking to buy, or a for, or you're a first time home buyer, check out financing through Carney Bank. I had the best experience with my mortgage loan officer. Very personable, efficient, and made the entire process super easy. Visit CarneyBank.com for more information and benefits of their first-time homebuyer program. You will not regret it. That's CarneyBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All right, we got a lot more to do, including at some point the Knicks who have won nine straight. Kevin Durant was back. Pretty good game yesterday uh, in Brooklyn as well. We take it to six on the fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk more rock. Now, this is a good Monday song. Come this on. gets you going. Not exactly uplifting, if you would. 
But still, it's Metallica, and we like that. Right now, somebody's alarm's going off at 525. Probably so. They're getting this. Does anybody really get up with an alarm clock anymore? No, a it's clock like radio? iPhones. They go, uh, right. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> exactly. I, I set like six of them on my phone now. I don't think I've used a clock radio in 10 years. Anyhow. All right, it's the warm-up show, 525. We have touched on the Mets. We've touched on the Yankees. One quick one, because you got a question answered yesterday. I did? From last week. Oh. You asked on this very show last Monday or Tuesday... If someone throws a seven-inning no-hitter, does it count? And I said, I think it has to, and we got the answer yesterday. It does not. Yeah, that's fugazi. Because you had uh, yesterday Madison Bumgarner, who I always forget is on the Diamondbacks now. I still think he's on the Giants. Throws a seven-inning. How about the day the Braves had? You know what they did in the first game against Zach Gallen? What did they do? One hit. One hit and then no hits. And then no hit against uh, Bumgarner. They, they lost 5 nothing and 7 nothing. They had one hit in 14 the innings. The entire day. Yes. Yeah, I figure if you're if the Major League Baseball is saying going into the game, this is a seven inning game, that's gotta count as no hit. I agree. And Good. now you want to put an asterisk next to it? I'm totally cool with that. I love an asterisk. He threw a complete game no hitter. Correct. Seven innings, stupid doubleheader rules. Although I like I like the seven inning doubleheaders to be honest. I didn't think I would, I do. Yeah. Um it's what it is. It's a no hitter. I agree. But it will not be recognized as such. It will not. How about this, Jerry? Matt Harvey pitches tonight against the Yankees. It's perfect. The Yankees will put up 19 runs on him in the second inning. Oh, you think so? I do, yeah, actually. Not 19, but I think the Yankees, first what? of all, the game's in Baltimore. Right. The Yankees score a million runs a game there, and he's he's not what he was. What if I told you he throws a no-hitter? You want to bet on that? I'd be happy to take that bet. <laughs> I do not want to bet on that. Okay. I'm but just checking. If, but what if I told you? You could tell me. If you want to bet on it, we can have another conversation. What if I told you he gives up one run in five innings and they take him out? Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. What if I told Well, no, you? hold on. That would surprise me, but that's not out of the realm of possibility. Him Which throwing part? a no-hitter in Baltimore against the Yankees <laughs> is not happening. It could be like when Tiger Woods won the Masters a couple of years ago. How about this? Pretty cool. Why don't you just do this? Let's get away from the no-hitter talk All because right. it's not happening. Not with him. Not in that stadium. Not there against the Yankees. Why did you put your money where your mouth is? All right. And throw $100 on the Orioles to win. Ooh. Well, I don't know if the pen might. Uh... You just told he was going to throw a no-hitter. <laughs> now I'm just saying win the game. What would a $100 bet win me? Uh, on the Orioles to win yeah. tonight? Uh, you probably get 300 back, I would think. they got to be a heavy underdog. you got to think you're starting to have the beginnings of a gambling problem if you're betting $100 on a random Orioles-Yankees game in April. i got to tell you, I bet 50 bucks on Friday night. <laughs> I went... Nets, what did I do? I went Nets, Mets, Yankees. And I had one guy on Twitter say, well, sucker bet, no chance. Okay. That one. You won. It was 50 bucks. I won 377, nice. I think. Yeah, that That's was good. The about. shame of it was, and I mean this, because when I placed the bet, I still felt good. I did not get the enjoyment of watching everything. Right. Like I was really, my wife was going out with her friends. I was home with the boys, and I knew I was going to do nothing but watch DeGrom and I was—I really wasn't too interested in the Yankee game, but I was going to watch the Grom and the Nets, and I was going to go back and forth. And I was just because I felt so freaking lousy, I did not have the enjoyment of watching the games with that wager out there. Right. And so BetMGM sent me a nice congratulation text the next morning. I woke up. I'm like, look at that. I'm like, good for me. That's what's nice, Jerry. I did watch highlights because this game was not available in our area. The Yankee Indians game from Sunday. On MLB Network, they did the club. Didn't care for it. 
Me neither. They at did all. Uh, the clubhouse edition, which was a bunch of players, former players, sitting around. And then one guy, Steve. He what was, was his uh, name? He was the the broadcaster. God darn it! Yes, uh, he it was, was good. It was CC John Smoltz. And who was the other Pena? one? Pena. Pena. Oh, Tony Pena. No, no, some um, Pena. Yeah, Carlos Pena. Carlos Pena. And then a couple other times they had Tony some other Pena. guy in there that I couldn't uh, figure out who he was, but it was too much. Uh, whoa! <laughs> whoa! Did you see that? Whoa! I agree. I did like when Fran Mill Reyes had the triple. That was neat. Because I, I don't know if it was his first career. They were wondering if it was his first career triple or not. I don't think it was, but it might have been. I don't know. I know he had his first career stolen base in that game. Yeah. Um. I. But from what I saw, no thanks. I'd rather watch the game silent, to be honest. Yeah, me too. With just crowd noise and give me the PA feed, you know, and hear the music like you're at the ballpark. I'd rather that than, than four guys just talking over one another and I don't know. Yeah, I watched the, like, five-minute highlight package that the MLB app yeah. put out from that game. I could not tell you a single thing about that game because it was so confusing with yeah. everybody I mean, it was neat from and... the standpoint of when – so when McKenzie is throwing, you got Smoltz kind of discussing why things are working for him, why they're not. That was okay, but eh, eh, I right. don't, Wasn't not for, for me. I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure the younger generation might love it. I don't. But they don't. The younger generation. They don't watch games, on, right? They're not going all no. of a sudden. You know that sport you don't watch? They're doing a clubhouse edition. I got news for you. A lot of the younger generation don't watch many games at all. Yeah. Period. They watch highlights like crazy. That's what I. And I like can go from what my son and their friends do, and his friends do. Everything is highlight packages and rap music. They love rap music. Yeah, but you know what? So did I when I was that age. You didn't. I liked uh, heavy metal, and then I did like Run DMC, but right. they weren't hardcore but rap see that, like we got now. But that was me, though. I was the heavy with the Metallica, when we've talked about this, with Anthrax and like bands like that for some Judas Priest. And then all of a sudden, I got into LL Cool J and Ice-T and Run DMC. The Beastie Boys came along, and then I kind of got out of that and then found you know the, the new rock. But now it's all filthy, Jerry. It's all very dirty lyrics, which I don't approve of. Yeah, but... So is pop music. Yes. Have I you listened to Ariana Grande? Yeah, terrible. Like a lot of her songs, if you listen to them on the radio, you don't realize what they silence out. My God. And then you listen on satellite. Holy cow. All young people should listen to classic rock old man music. It's very not offensive. Just don't listen to Stephen Miller, man. They curse. Get the radio edits of that. Well, <laughs> Do that with the rap. <laughs> you can't have it one way and not the other. <laughs> you know, Jerry, we were talking about the, uh, this is interesting. So the NFL saying that players can change jersey numbers and they can use, they could go to single digits in a lot of these cases. But they've, uh, and, you know, we talked about this the other day. I don't know if it was on the podcast or here. We're saying, well, what, imagine you're a fan and you've got a jersey of a player and now he's still on the same team, but he's changing yeah. jersey numbers. Got to go buy a new jersey. Yeah, I got to go buy a New Jersey. And I hadn't thought of all of the jerseys that they have made already waiting to ship out when people order them. Right. So if an NFL player wants to change jersey numbers, they will have to personally purchase all of the Fanatics. I, I cannot believe this story. Unsold supply at retail prices. I don't understand this at all. Why? I don't know. Isn't that their problem for buying the inventory? I don't know. Or at least sell it to them at cost. Of course. So uh, an example that was used in the uh, sports business article I was reading is uh, Dalvin Cook wanted to switch from number 33 to number four. 
but purchasing the unsold number 33s would have cost him $1.5 million. And then what do you do with them? <laughs> Nothing. So guess what, Jerry? He's sticking with his yeah, number you 33. Think? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand this. To me, I would think, first of all, okay, Fanatics is tremendous. They've got like a conglomerate right now in the sports business. But I would also think they're poop out of luck. Like well, you stocked up on these. He changed his number. Could you imagine having $1.5 million worth of Dalvin Cook jerseys? I could, yeah, sure. I mean, what do they got in Tom Brady jerseys at this point? Probably a lot more, yeah. But Dalvin Cook is a good player on the Vikings. It's not like he's a no-name. Right, but so he's they've not, got to sell them this year, I would think. Right, but he's not like a, a, a guy that is, is like league-wide top 10 selling jersey. I, yeah, I don't like, know Like, what do those guys have I to don't, I don't know. I have no pay. idea. And again, I'll bring this back. Did they do this with Kobe when he changed his number? Probably, Probably not. not. Right. Like, and that is if, a league-wide thing, too. Like, imagine if Patrick Mahomes wanted to change his number. They probably have $40 million worth of Patrick Mahomes jerseys. When, and why wouldn't you? But I still would think that the company is is out of luck. I'm I'm really surprised by this story. But I, I guess that's the partnership that they have. Yeah, and I guess they di- they're trying to not have people just everybody just changing their numbers I guess I suppose I don't know I thought that was very interesting I wonder how many how much money Daniel Jones would be out <laughs> do you think Dalvin Cook was like well yeah it was they're like hey you know you're gonna have to buy up all the other jerseys he's like all right well what what, what would the bill be and it was told 1.5 million dollars <laughs> yeah, I like 33 I'm fine I'll pass thanks he's probably thinking like I guess probably this might cost me a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> a couple thousand? The jerseys are $120. Right. At retail cost is yeah. crazy. And that, and that doesn't make sense either. At least let them buy them back at, yeah. at uh, cost. At cost. All right, 535. We are more than halfway home. It's a big Monday for Boomer and Geo. We'll get you them at 6 o'clock on the fan. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jerry, number one with meatheads in the gym. All right, 5.41. Top of the hour, Boomer and Geo come your way. Right now, the warm-up show until 6 with an instant classic right here on the fan. This is the Who, Jerry, from their 1982 record, It's Hard. Yeah, no, this is a memorable one. No one's ever heard of this song except for you. My friend Paul's heard of this. We used to rock out to it. It doesn't count. You guys are really one and the same. Did you ever do, um, like, in a mirror at home? Sure. Pretend that you were a rock star? Uh, A rock star, no, but do the air. Yes, absolutely. I used to use a tennis racket. Oh, okay. I could see that. that. And then when I was really into uh, Leonard Skinner at one point, I used to wear a headband when I did it. Okay. So I looked like I was... Was that their... I don't remember. Was that their look, the headband? In my head, uh, they were Southern rockers, Jerry, so I thought headband for me... Uh, the air guitar, or the the um, tennis racket guitar, and a very thin microphone to go with your thin neck. Although you weren't thin back then, like you are now. 
That was probably thin. I oh, was you are? Yeah. I went to when see... When I was uh, pretend rocking in my uh, mirror, yes, I was very thin. I saw Leonard Skinner in 1991 at the Man Music Center in Pennsylvania. Yeah. We sat first row. It was the coolest and worst experience all at the same time. Is that right? Why it was, is that? It was great because sitting first row was a blast, and being right on top of the stage was cool, and seeing that it was great. Not so great was how freaking loud the speakers were right in front of us right. to our left. Blow your ears out. That's oh, my God. It was... That- that's how I used to judge a concert, where how long after you went, your ears were still, still Oof, ringing. That was rough. I'm not gonna lie; it was it was fun, but it was it was loud. It blew your ears right out. It did. Yeah, it did. And it's funny how far we've come. I don't. I would have to go back and check, but I'll bet you I didn't spend more than fifty or sixty bucks a ticket on those. Oh yeah, no doubt. And now, forget it. Fifty or sixty bucks. It's the park. That's the funny thing about looking at old ticket stubs. Yeah, is the price of the ticket. Sure. Mets Dodgers, nineteen eighty three, six dollars. <laughs> it's really something. Very strange. Jerry, good news. Roger Goodell has been cleared to hug the people who are drafted on Thursday night. If you're in person there, you he will be allowed to hug you. Awesome. I guess he's been fully vaccinated. He'll be tested. So the hugs will be there, Jerry. Will, will the you- players be fully vaccinated and tested? I guess if you're going to be there and hugging Roger Goodell, I think you would have to be. Well, yeah, it'd be tested. I don't know if you'd be vaccinated. Right, tested. Yeah. I to me the, again, I mean these uh, what who cares? You don't care about Roger Goodell I, hugging I people? I do not care about I'm Roger say Goodell. You're in the minority there. First of all, first of all, <laughs> I'm not going to watch the draft. What? I never watch the draft. I'm not interested in the draft. Tell me the the next morning who picked who. No, I like to see the first. I like to nah, see where the care. quarterbacks go. Top ten. Such a waste of time. I'm a top ten guy. Not interested. But you're right. I'll follow like, along. I'm interested. On the bottom of the screen. Just tell me who they took. Right. I'm not gonna watch it. You're interested. I'm you're interested. Not live interest. I am not interested in watching it. I find that to be a complete waste of time. I I was at one once. I could not believe how people lined up to go to this. Let me ask you this: What if you heard like let's not say, interested? You you're. Busy doing something else Thursday night. Yeah. But you hear that the Jaguars didn't take Trevor Lawrence with the first pick. You turning it on now? Yeah, for sure. Because now you're interested. Yeah, that would be because the, only because. The whole thing. What do you think the odds are right now on the Jaguars not picking him? <laughs> Zero. About the same as Matt Harvey throwing a no-hitter tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Matt Harvey's has better odds. better odds. I agree. So, yes, it would have to take something like that. And it's not like, let me rephrase. It's not like I won't go check on it because I love the the crawl on the bottom. I love the crawl. I will go check on it to see where we're at. My point is I'm not going to sit there and watch it. Right. And wait 15 minutes for a pick and every professional analyst gush about a guy who chances are is not going to be nearly as good as they're going to tell me he's going to be. I mean, you turn this coverage on on day two or day three – and the sixth round, oh, this what a pick they, they got at number 332. The guy won't even make it to the active roster. And we'll never hear from him ever. And they sit there and tell you, like, oh, what a pick these guys missed. Stop it. So you're not going to watch that live, you're saying? No. Thursday night. No, I will not. I will check in on it. I will not watch it. Well, that's a perfect – the NFL Dreads is actually perfect to follow along on Twitter if you're doing other things. Yes, it is. Pop it on real quick. You'll see whoever – you pick a person that you trust is going – because everyone's going to tweet out every pick. Now, I will tell you, last year I watched it. You did. Because there was nothing else to watch. Oh, right. It we was enough the, of the Tiger King. We were in the middle of coronavirus. Yes. And that was really the first – legit sports yeah. show we had to watch. Guess what, coronavirus? Or, I'm sorry, guess what, NFL? 
coronavirus, we're beating it right now. Well, we're I winning. hope so. They took a huge coronavirus took a huge lead on us. Huge oh, lead. They had a lead, all right. They had a huge lead on us, but we came back. Slow. We ran the ball, Jerry. So far, so good. We were grounding we, and pounding. Ground and pound. We took a couple shots down the field. Right now, we're beating coronavirus. We're winning. I hope you're right. It does appear that way. Yeah. I read something yesterday because we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for vacation this summer. Yeah. Maybe nothing. Maybe we'll do something. And I looked into California because there's a resort I want to go to out there. And my one son says, but if we go there, aren't the restrictions crazy? Hasn't COVID gone nuts there? I'm like, you know, I know they had. I don't know where they're at now. So I put in California COVID, hit the news button on Google. They have gone from worst to first. Ooh, worst to first. They've gone, yeah, in like six months, they've gone from worst to first in terms of All the right. numbers. It's it's really low out there. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe we will go to California. Because coronavirus went up 49 nothing early. They, they sure did. And we were down seven touchdowns. But we we, we, re, we So regrouped. far are the Frank Reichs in this right. match. We, re, we regrouped. We got a different strategy because uh, our first strategy wasn't working. We'll go down 49 nothing early. Remember when Jimmy Connors was down two sets to none in the 91 U.S. Open? I don't recall that. And gave away the final. I think he gave away the final game of the second set to just not use too much energy. Is that right? And then came back and won sets three, four, and five deep into the night. You don't, no. I don't recall that. Okay. I remember the Yankees going up big on the Boston Red Sox. Three games to none. Yeah. And then they lost in seven. And then they lost. So you could say we're the Jimmy Connors, the Red Sox. Or what was the other one you said? Was another one. Frank oh, Frank Reich. Reich. Yeah, Frank That's Reich. That's right. Although we haven't won yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Rob Gronkowski, Jerry, he's set a uh, Guinness Book of World Records. Another story. <laughs> For cares. Like Kevin Durant came back, had 33 <laughs> points in 28 minutes. The Knicks haven't lost since January. And you want to talk about some dork who is infatuated with 69 catching a football out of a plane. A who cares? It was a helicopter. Whatever it was. 600 feet. Okay. The, the Guinness Book of World Records. It's stupid. <laughs> it's totally stupid. I agree. I loved it when I was a kid. Can I submit how many stupid stories you bring up as a Guinness Book of World Records? Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yes. I probably could submit yes. that, right? You would add this one. Gronk <laughs> catching a football 600 feet from high above uh, in the air yeah. from a helicopter. Why is this even in the Guinness Book of World Records? Because someone submitted it. Who cares, right? I couldn't agree with you. Have you ever looked at the Guinness Book of World Records? When I was a kid, I always bought the Guinness Book of World Records every year at our book at the Bookmobile. Okay. uh, When I was in grammar school, do you have one of those left? No. No. All I was interested in is seeing the picture of the fattest person and the thinnest person, and then then you strode to be the thinnest, (laughs) and then then the became your goal in life. Tallest person with the shortest person. Okay. That was a cool photo. I like the person with the longest mustache. How about the world's biggest pizza? That was no, always that, I, I, don't I, like I always that. found that one interesting. Uh, and I liked the, the they used to have the fat guys on mopeds for whatever reason. Fat what? twins. They were they're probably the heaviest twins in the world. And then TLC made a show out of it, and you watch it every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Those two fat <laughs> twins on mopeds, they don't get any recognition. Oh, my God. They were the first. I would love to see one of those from, like, 1978. A and then, book? Yeah, and compare it to, because now, because we actually got one as a gift, I want to say, in, like, 2007. 
And it's this, somebody gifted you the Guinness yeah, Book we, of World we Records. Did. And I actually looked through it. It is neat because it's got the hard cover. Yeah, it's, it's really well now. done. Beautiful pictures and photos. I'd love to compare that to yours, which might have looked like a school yearbook back they in were, 1978. Well, they were, first of all, they were paperback back then. Okay, so definitely different. Yeah. But they had like world's longest fingernails, and it was just a woman with long fingernails. Yeah, because that's what you want to be proud of. But I did like the world's tallest man and the world's shortest man. They would get them and photograph them together. That's a cool picture. Yeah, it's like uh, when Aaron Judge stands next to Jose Altuve right. on the baseball field. It looks weird. But a guy catching a football out of a helicopter? Stupid. That's stupid. Good. You answered your own question. Yeah. Give me longest fingernails, longest mustache. How about if the person Oldest with the person. longest fingernails caught the ball out of the <laughs> helicopter? Without breaking their fingernails. Now you got get something. Get on that, Gronk. Then Gronk <laughs> would have to start figuring out how to grow his fingernails long to get back in the Guinness Book of World Records. Final break of the hour. We'll come back, wrap it up, and then, of course, Boomer and Geo. Who is sick of paying rent? Why rent? I bought my condo a year ago, and it feels great to build equity in my home. If you're looking to buy or are a first-time home buyer, finance through Carney Bank. They changed my entire outlook on the mortgage process. Also, their first-time homebuyer program offers savings like a 30-year discounted rate and down payments as low as 5%. Don't hesitate. Visit CarneyBank.com. That's Carney, K-E-A-R-N-Y, CarneyBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. All right, one final break. We change studios, and we'll be right back. And then Boomer and Geo right now on Odyssey Sports Minute. Amy Lawrence looking back at last year's draft and look forward to this one. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, welcome back. We got a couple more minutes for you. Yesterday, the Mets won, Yankees lost, the Nets got Kevin Durant back, and they won, beat the Suns, who tonight play the Knicks, who put that nine-game winning streak on the line. Rangers won, and boy, the Devils lost again. What else, Al? Jerry, warm-up shows brought to you by Carney Bank, your bank for today. For tomorrow, visit CarneyBank.com for details. Uh, Joe on Twitter says, the fat twins on the motorcycles from the Guinness Book of World Records were pro wrestlers known as the Maguire twins. How did you not know that? They've passed away. I don't know. I never heard of them. Uh, then uh, David Agostino says, if uh, we get to host a show in the summer filling in for somebody, yeah. guest number one, Dave Kingman. <laughs> guest two, Kent DeColvey. Oh, Jesus. Guest three, branch manager at Carney Bank. <laughs> <laughs> That's not terrible. That is not terrible. I would love to, If I could get Dave Kingman and Kent DeColvey on the same program, Jerry. That would, oh, can I have Daryl on, though? Daryl Strawberry? Yes. I don't know if he fits in with that crew, Jerry. Yes, he does. And Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker as well. well. Herschel's got a little, has become too political, I think, to put him on yeah. for what we want to do. But okay. yes, I, would, I want Daryl on. All right. Then I see that uh, this Fernando Tatis, Jerry, he hit two home runs on the anniversary of his dad hitting two grand slams in the same inning. Now, that was what, Saturday? Saturday. Nice. That's pretty cool. Then he uh, he and Trevor Bauer, he hit a home run off Trevor Bauer. Then he did the uh, he ran around the bases with one eye closed. Yes. Mocking Trevor Bauer's and pitching Bauer with one eye. And loved it. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. He likes people celebrating when they do well. He says he's not going to throw at them. Bauer's an odd dude, but what yeah. he said after that game, I was, I was, he was spot on. I still can't believe, like, Tatis, this Tatis Jr. guy, like his father played when while we were while I was working here. Yeah, how's that possible? Because Fernando Tatis Jr. is like twenty. 
That's Al. How old is his dad? 40. He must have been old when he was... I'll uh, bet you... Uh, I'll say Fernando Tatis is... I'm going to do this quickly. I'm going to say he's 42. I don't know if that's true or not, but let's see. Second he, senior. Is he taller and thinner than Kent to Oh, he's 46. That's the real question. He's 46. Hmm. So, but he's still... He's 46, all right. Yeah. I mean, look at... I mean, Tom Brady's playing NFL football at 45. Yeah, but he's a special, Jerry. I understand, but you're asking how Fernando Tatis played yeah. when you were working here. He's Bowl only 46 now. Keep it right here on the fan to talk about the NFL draft. 